0: Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis.
1: And this is Sister Christian.
0: Today is Monday, April 20th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a podcast with two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life and your work.
1: Your stories let us know that we're not alone. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and ideas. We love hearing your stories. It helps us. We think that they're important for the community in general.
0: Yes. So email us, or better yet, record a one to two minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website at producershappyhour.com.
1: And please share the show with your friends, family, colleagues, people you love people you don't love. <laughs> we want these stories to be heard. <laughs> the more we hear, the more we can relate to each other. And it lets us know that we're not Absolutely.
0: alone. Christian, today we're chatting with Tyler Owens, who is director of music and marketing at Front Row Center Marketing, which is a music and lifestyle agency based in Toronto, Canada. So uh, with live events kind of on hold, I'm sure they're hit hard.
1: Yeah. And since they're a music-focused experiential agency... He's going to tell us about their initiative, stayhomeandlisten.ca, which is a collection of links to Canadian artists, music, and merchandise pages.
0: Yes, because they can't tour right now, so they can't really make money. So support them in any way you can.
1: Yes, stayhomeandlisten.ca.
0: All right, Christian, it's Monday. We've had a whole
1: it's, weekend. It's whoa, whoa,
0: it's 4:20. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: It is like It is. <laughs> it is like a music video in my basement right now, just so everyone
0: knows. <laughs> uh, Wait, a music video from the 90s, uh, from the, the 80s,
1: 2000
0: 2000s. or 2000s yeah. okay. Um
1: mm. yeah, you know, uh New York hip hop videos early 2000s. Uh-huh. It was late uh-huh. late 90s fun time. <laughs> yeah, we just had a weekend. I slept a lot. I recouped a lot. I'm feeling better.
0: Yeah, you had a little bit of a cough on Friday. I
1: did, plus a lot of fatigue, you know, just sore and achy, hoping it's allergies. Otherwise, you know, after sleeping for so, you know, most of the weekend, yeah. I feel better.
0: And mentally, emotionally, you're feeling okay?
1: I'm feeling okay. We had some, uh, you know, protests have started.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: and it's disheartening. To us, in my mind, because of all the work that we've done and all the essential workers, they don't choose to go to work. They go. Right. And they are right. they allow for us to stay home. So when you see protests, it's like, what are you protesting? Safety? Yeah. Are, are you protesting, you know, the government looking out for your well-being? I'm just, right. I'm not sure. But on the same token, I can completely understand that there are people out there who have to stay home and they can't afford to. Right. Because they yeah. have lost their jobs. So I can't yeah. imagine that that's very hard on a lot of people. Because if we're being asked to stay home, then we should be incentivized to stay home. $1,200 exactly. is not enough money.
0: It's not enough money. So I get the frustration that they're having. It's just disheartening to see that they're not wearing masks. They're all together.
1: Oh. <laughs> this <drives me> crazy. <laughs> <sighs> my body, my choice.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that comes into play now. <laughs> You were telling me earlier about that really impactful image of seeing somebody in blue scrubs, a healthcare worker, standing in front of a car, blocking the car because you know they were blocking access to the hospital, and that that is a powerful image.
1: Yeah, it reminded me of Charlottesville. It gave me a lot of anxiety to see the video of it go down, but that was one of the main arguments of the protesters: "Is you get to go to work, why can't I?" Well, yet again, I don't know that that nurse was getting to go to work out of his. Internal duty to save lives, he's going to work. And the least you can do is stay at home. So, how was your weekend?
0: (laughs) (laughs) My weekend was lovely. But before, I also want to say, you know, there was a protest at Eric Garcetti's home, a very different kind of protest where they were socially distanced. They were wearing masks and gloves, but they are still fighting about rent and mortgage still being owed after all this. Like, we can't work. Why on earth do we still have to pay this money? That's a whole different podcast, but
1: it but. is, but it's also it goes to what uh not that I agree with any of the protests, but it certainly goes to, you know, the thinking behind it. If mm-hmm. you're gonna tell me to stay home and I can't earn a living, then stop my bills.
0: <laughs> stop my bills.
1: Yeah. Right. And twelve hundred dollars ain't possible. nothing.
0: It's not as we problem.
1: know. So
0: But my weekend was really lovely. Christopher went home, so I've had a day and a half to myself, which is really, really Mm -hmm. nice. And the sun is out, and I went for walks, and it's been lovely, and it gave me some time to kind of really sit and think and just check in on myself and what I want coming out of all this, if I'm able to choose. I mean, we might just go right back to our regular film production things, but film production is going to look very, very different coming out of this, and... Trying to wrap my head around that and what it means for us.
1: Well, I mean, I think so too, but I also think that there's going to be a push for the cry of normalcy, quote unquote. There's yeah. going to be a push to try to mold what we used to do into mm. a new system. I just think that client management and explaining what the parameters are is going to be important moving forward.
0: It's going to be important. And, you know, we're talking about this because we got an email from right. our friends at Smuggler. Mm-hmm. This is my news item for today. It's a Google Doc, and it's called Guidance for Production Relating to COVID-19 Phase 1. So this Phase 1, I guess, is assuming film production is going to be active during our Phase 1 of opening up society and commerce again, right? Mm-hmm. I'll put the link to this Google Doc in the show notes, but it's a very, very detailed list of best practices, common sense practices Mm -hmm. to use for film production moving forward. They went department by department, thing by thing. So like Mm -hmm. production office, motorhome, casting, handling of equipment, director scouts, transport department, and even so much as like script supervisor provide a separate monitor so they're not sitting right next to the director. Like all these very, very thoughtful things of what we need to do to work safely. But, you know, there's not really any big revelations. It's all stuff you and I have been talking about with, with all the industry pros we've been chatting with.
1: To me, it's, you know, I, I read through it, and to me, it, yeah. it feels like another thing for freelance production to be in charge of.
0: That's what I was going to say. It. It's just a lot more work.
1: Yes, and maybe this creates a new position, like a COVID cord, let's call it, or a safety yeah. officer, or yeah. you know, maybe it's part of the DOT, you know, cord's new job too. I mean, I mean, somehow these guidelines are going to have to be implemented because people are going to forget. They're going to relapse to what they used to do before. And then now we have these, you know, rules. I mean, some of it looks like it's going to take additional days in for prep, additional days in for filming. Because what we used to be able to do in the course of a shoot day is greatly reduced by this. I think that, you know, clients are going to get less for their money when it comes to content. And that has to be communicated well in advance of the shoot day yeah. so that as, yeah. you know, producers on set, we're not dealing with expectations that are unrealistic. Yeah,
0: It's like, yeah, it's going to take us three days to dress the house and light it and yeah. get it ready for our shoot because, because we can't all be there on the shoot day.
1: No. And we're doing it by maybe the director's FaceTime with the production designer who's showing every, you know, bit no. of what they're doing. And it just, that takes time. You know, connection service. There's just, there's multiple... And then you have, yeah. And then once art department's done, then you have grip and lighting come in. And then you know, is the DP on set? Oof. Sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody's wearing I'm exhausted
0: some- already. I
1: know. Like lunchtime, like put it. I saw it says put down six foot markers when there might be a line. Well, is that say you have a honey wagon with you have somebody laying out six foot lines yeah. to line up to take a shit. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I just, it's but it's, it's more than, yeah. you know, here, just have a PA do it. It's more than that. It's a lot it's more, more thought that. put into this, which is, you know, how we're going to have to think about this moving forward.
0: Yeah. It's like we have a DOT coordinator right. to handle all the department transportation mm-hmm. paperwork that has to happen now. I'm looking at it as much as the same way as we would have somebody on set to monitor the safety of an animal. Right. It's going to be that kind of position—somebody mm-hmm. to monitor everyone following best practices and bringing right. it to everyone's attention when they're not. And, and then it just—how
1: old is that going to get?
0: <laughs> That's going to get so. Old I mean, so and fast. because Ugh.
1: who? Because the next question will be: Well, who? Well, what happens when something isn't done, and somebody gets? Yeah. And what if somebody gets sick? You can't tell whether they got sick from your shoot or not. No, but I can you t- can't tell. I can tell you that. If it happens that that person only had one day outside their house that week and they can prove it, then yes, it did. And so is that responsibility also on production?
0: Right. And as we know, we've been talking about this. Insurance companies are not paying claims <laughs> for cancellations right. due to COVID-19. What about workers' comp? Yeah. And I know our friend Susan Ruett anderson we keep talking about her because we're in touch a lot. She's been asking the payroll companies, yeah, what happens with workers' comp? Is it going to go way up, or what what, exactly? And
1: then we also discovered that there are quote unquote sick pays that you know is paid into Mm -hmm. as freelance, so um, California definitely has that, and it just like that's three days a year, yeah. So, again, is that part of what you're supposed to do instead of workman's comp? And then if we're We don't know everything about the virus yet, let alone how no, it yeah. how it works. So to work around it is going to be a challenge for sure. It's good to start yeah. talking about it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So thanks to Smuggler for sharing yes. it with us, and we're going to put that in the show notes so you guys can look at it. It's very detailed and very interesting.
1: Yes. And then ooh, I got a I got a four twenty story. So oh, um, what's that? Well, you know, uh, this morning Shake Shack.
2: Yes. announced
1: that they're going to give back their oh, ppp I money this. i know so um for you, those of you wow. out there shake shack burger joint in new york that has made its way out to la and then you know it's kind of like a in-and-out burger versus shake shack <laughs> you know if you're on the east coast your shake shack east
0: coast west coast drive yeah, although oh,
1: in-and-out burger is pretty good so um, Shake Shack, and I can remember when, you know, when there was only one and it was located in Madison Square Park mm. and you would have a PA go over and stand in line to get everybody burgers that day. It's that kind of joint, mm-hmm. right? So they're giving back their PPP money. They essentially got a loan for $10 million You know, the CEO is basically saying we've kept 90% of our workforce because of delivery and those types of things and the capital that we had. We don't need this. They saw that unfairly, businesses like his and Potbelly, Ruth Chris, just to name a few, they're less than 500 employees. They were given in hotels, now it's starting to come out even more. Certain businesses were given priority, the larger ones, over. The small ones that we know, our local bars or our restaurant, the mom and pop restaurants. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And on average, it only takes, well, I say only forty thousand (laughs) dollars, which is a nominal amount of money when you talk about the 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 10 million that Shake Shack got. Forty thousand dollars can keep a small business, your corner business, in float. Yeah. And Um. so he gave his back and hopefully and that means 10 businesses can stay open. Yeah. Versus, you know, not. It's on medium-sized businesses to understand that just because they have the clout doesn't mean that they need to take the loan. If you're doing okay, then share with your smaller businesses.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that is impressive they did that.
1: I think so, too. So in honor of that and bringing it back around for 420, I'm going to order Shake Shack for delivery today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Exactly. I have to... I have to confess, I've never eaten at Shake Shack.
1: That's okay. You can do it the next time you're in New York. And I heard that. Right. I think there's one out there now, like on, you well, know, other oh, the promenades. They're, they're, <laughs> they're out here, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I haven't done it yet because always in New York, I'm always like, oh, I'm going to go to Shake Shack. And at the door, they list the. Calories and everything.
1: Oh yeah! Wow. Well, and I look at that uh, and
0: I'm amorous. like, oh, it's 420, I'm dude. Just gonna. <laughs> I mean, now it's you know the world. Yeah. And none of it matters. <laughs>
1: none of it matters. Time,
0: money, and calories are all irrelevant. It's right daylight.
1: <laughs> Soon it will right, be guys. night. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> on our website, producershappyhour.com, we have a page called "Take Action." We've got a lot of resources there for getting through all this, some funding options. Hopefully they get refunded or more money put into them. So that information is still there. And then a lot of petitions and donation and philanthropic things that are close to our hearts are on there.
1: Oh, yeah. This is important. Rent, donate blood, save our post office. I mean, please, if you haven't been, take a look and take some action.
0: Yeah. All right, Christian, should we get on with our interview? Tyler Owens is Director of Music and Marketing at Front Row Center Marketing, a music and lifestyle agency based in Toronto, Canada. Front Row Center works with brands looking to use music, entertainment, and the influential culture that surrounds them to engage with fans and consumers. Tyler works mostly on corporate sponsorships and talent acquisitions for music festivals, as well as immersive lifestyle projects for brands such as BMW Canada, Post Cereals, Aurora Cannabis, Baskin Robbins, and many more.
1: Helping to build Front Row Center into the rebel with a cause agency it is today, Tyler wants FRC to become a beacon for other passionate individuals in the marketing and event industry who are looking to venture outside the traditional large agency life and use whatever they are most passionate about, music, social change, fashion, etc as a powerful tool to create their own success.
0: Let's take a listen.
1: Hello, Ty. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's lovely to meet you. The first thing we'd like to do is just check in to see how you're doing, how your family's doing. You're located in Toronto, right?
2: Correct. Yeah, The Great White North. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're doing well. It's, uh, I mean, obviously, it was pretty weird how fast things happened. We were out in an event in Vancouver on the East Coast, or sorry, West Coast. We flew back and uh, I got back on a Monday, I was in the office, Tuesday, Wednesday and then haven't been back since. And that was early March. And it all just happened so quickly. And then you find yourself, you know, a month later, and it's hard to almost five weeks later, and it's hard to wrap your mind around. I've been home for five weeks now, and this is all happening. So it's just been, you got to kind of take a step back every once in a while and say, wow, this is pretty unique. And you know the word's been tossed around endlessly, but unprecedented time in our lives. So. Uh, But doing well. I mean, I feel like it's been a really interesting time to just take a pause and reflect a bit and hopefully stay busy.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I know we read a little intro about you and about Front Row Center. And I know you and I have worked together before. Give us a little bit of a quick background on yourself outside of FRC and then maybe a little info on FRC and then kind of everything leading up to before the pandemic hit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've been in Toronto now for about 12 years, working Mm -hmm. in the music experience and event space. And it really is sort of a, a joining of my two passions, my passion, my profession. Music is a, a huge passion of mine. I've played in bands and collect vinyl and, and just really that's what kind of moves me. I've been mm-hmm. doing that and playing in bands for you know 10 plus years. But front row center, uh, I used to work in more of the sport and event space. Front Row Centre is a very music and lifestyle focused agency that I've been working for uh, with for the last three or four years. The agency is all about sort of following your passions, using music as the key driver, but also the influential culture that surrounds it. So that's everything from fashion to art to all those things that music kind of is a common thread throughout. And yeah, FRC, we just really try and use our internal employees' passions to drive our professional pursuits. That's kind of what FRC is all about. We do a lot of corporate brand immersive experiences, Mm -hmm. whether that's at music festivals, pop-up shops, as uh, Lawrence, you and I worked on. Mm -hmm. We work on producing shows, so that's building the stage, building the aesthetic for the bands. Mm -hmm. We we work on uh, artist negotiation, booking the bands, booking the talent, and really finding the right fit for the right brands. And then we also work in the content space. So everything from capturing video and photo to do a Mm -hmm. recap of programs we've done to developing content for social and digital campaigns as well, too.
1: I mean, hell, you do it all.
2: (laughs) Jack of all trades, master of none.
1: (laughs) I mean, no, it sounds like you're thinking about the entire experience, not just a portion of it. So that's fantastic. Well, I know I and Lawrence were very excited to have you on to discuss, you know, Live events is taking a huge hit right now, like huge. How has this affected FRC? And did you have projects in the works when things were shutting down? Like how crazy was that for you?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's wild actually. I think it's finally started to sink in the last couple of weeks that right. this isn't going to be a two month, four month, six month, eight month. The forecasts we're seeing now are fall 2021 for live events Mm -hmm. to come back. Mm -hmm. So I think from our end, we did definitely have a lot of business that was going to happen this summer. We saw a lot of it being postponed at first. Mm -hmm. Now it's starting to just be all canceled just because there's such uncertainty. You know, We've had events that were supposed to take place in May that moved to November. And now those November dates are still not going to happen. And so you see a lot of, I think, properties and brands starting to think about, why are we putting effort and uh, initiative into things that in 2020 uh, likely aren't going to happen? And so what mm. I think for us, the big kind of corner we turned was when we just made peace with the fact that we need to let tangible XM experiential events go for 2020, but how are we going to pivot? And What are we going right. to do to still engage our brand partners and clients to bring music to Canadian fans across the country, to work with artists? If you're not a big artist, you know, you're know you hurting right now. Live touring, live shows, merchandise, those like physical album sales, vinyl, those are your key streams of income and revenue. You're not making millions of dollars off streams and you get your streams paid out quarterly. So we're trying to find ways and work with clients to uh, help them because they're in the same boat. They don't know what to do. They had a whole you know summer full of festival sponsorships and live activations and pop-ups ready to go. And now they're saying, well, we don't know right. what to do. So we're trying to be proactive in our thinking. Uh, we've made peace with the fact that XM events and, and pop-ups mm-hmm. and those sorts of things are probably gone for 2020. And so now that yeah. we've put that to bed, we're able to now really focus all of our innovation, our conversations, our meetings on how do we you know leverage virtual platforms? And you guys see all these huge things happening with you know Elton John and Lady Gaga's yeah. big initiative. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the virtual space. And so I think that's what we started to try and do is how do we, um, not necessarily having an expertise on virtual platforms before right. this whole thing, start to expedite our education on how we become experts at you know the virtual space? And how do we bring music festival-like experiences and unique brand experiences to people, but in a virtual package? Mm-hmm. And so that's been our focus. And then the other thing is, I think a lot of agencies that are in our boat are also doing the same thing so we're trying to do this as fast as possible so we are oh, yeah. first to market and not just piling on uh, yeah. and that's been a really big focus from our end as well we do have a lot of spare time right now after we've disentangled ourselves from a lot of commitments from the summer mm-hmm. so now it's like you could just lay back take your foot off the gas a bit and I think that, you know, there maybe was a couple days of that, uh, but and then you yeah. got to realize, you know, if you eat what you kill and and we're not, you know, this whole thing can go away pretty quickly if we don't transition quickly. So That's what we're focused on right now.
0: And are you having any conversations with clients and brands actively and kind of plotting these digital events, or are you kind of just more internalizing strategizing before you come out to the market with, with everything?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it's a little of both. So we've had um, mm-hmm. brands reach out to us and say, hey, do you have any ideas? So that right. obviously mm-hmm. was something that was the impetus for us to be like, well, we should definitely be trying to you know, wrap our minds yeah. around how this yeah. works. There's, we should have that, an answer for that question. question. Yeah. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> yeah, check back. Yeah. But we also don't want to pretend we're experts at something we're not before right, yeah. we start saying, let's do this. Well,
1: transparency is key, I'm sure, right? Exactly,
2: exactly. So we want to make sure that we've got our ducks in a row first Mm -hmm. and say, hey, we know what platform we'd use. We know how we'd go about doing this. We know how there'd be brand integration. Mm -hmm. We know, but it's kind of like building the plane as you're flying it. We're working with them. We're working (laughs) with them to figure out how this goes. (laughs) And so uh, I think that's always been a big part of FRC's culture too, is we want to make sure that our clients are collaborative, not like a dictatorship. And I think that that's served us well in this situation where we can talk to them and sort of figure this thing out together. And it doesn't look like we don't pretend to be, oh, we have the agency. We have all the answers for you. And that that sort of transparency to work together in this time has been super helpful. And they understand the urgency, too. They don't want to be the second brand to you know do their own cool. titled virtual festival or something. Mm-hmm. So So I think there is still that urgency. Behind us to get mm-hmm. that done, and it's been a little column A, a little column B. We're learning as we're pitching as well.
1: The overwhelming urge for me to not do anything at all is a struggle sometimes. So yeah. I understand that completely. You know what I mean? Like just take a couple days and then keep on fighting, right? Yeah. uh Do you see a way forward for live events? D- any thoughts on how <laughs> you know we're gonna get all back together and? Just
2: spring kumbaya i know i
1: i filmed several things at several festivals last year and it's you know it's a and plus i i go like it i'm going to miss it for sure i think everybody who goes to live events is missing it terribly right now
2: yeah i agree and it's you know i think it's also just the general public starting to wrap their minds around you know i was planning to go to Mm -hmm. this festival but i was like it's gonna be a very different summer but yeah i definitely do see into the future i mean i think it's everyone's trying to say what's the end date you know what's the end of this and it's impossible to tell and this is a you know the thing when it first started was changing by the hour right so it's really tough to to kind of predict where we're going to be but i think like what we're planning for is eventually they'll start to roll back the regulations that are in place for social distancing the cap on the number of people that can be in the same room together um Mm. all of those sorts of things so i think what we're trying to do is stagger the way that we look at trying to get you know brands and the general public interested. people are going to be timid coming out of this like yeah, people are going really to be agree. great yeah. the events happening do i want to go to it do i want to put myself in that situation so i think it's when they start to roll back those regulations a little bit what is a what does a 50 to 100 person event look like what does a thousand person event look like what is a 100,000? And mm-hmm. so you start wow. <laughs> to think about all those different scenarios, and so you should have a game plan for each one of those. Is it a you know you, an influencer event of fifty to one hundred people, and you use that as your tangible event, and then build your reach off of social, and that's how you kind of start back into it. And then uh, you know an intimate concert for five hundred people to you know a Lumineer show, like a big band intimate show, right. but there's a cap of five hundred people, and at, at any event, so you have to think, how do you you know does a brand title that. And is it broadcast on a platform? But now there's people in the audience, but it's not a 40,000 person music. people. Right. And so you just, we're trying to think about how you stagger that sort of rollback on regulation from right now, which is nothing to 20, 10,000, that sort of thing. Um, right. But again, I think that um, we're just starting. What we're also doing is using this time to do a lot of internal housekeeping that I think we've just been so busy. We put off for a very long time. Right. One of the big things that we're focusing on right now and i love uh the whole premise of you know producers happy hour um people Mm -hmm. sharing information people learning Mm -hmm. from each other but there's also this really nice kind of altruistic undercurrent on the show where you really are trying to help and make things better for people Mm -hmm. and i think that what we've done as an agency is we've tried to figure out how we can start to walk the walk more We've promoted a lot of, you know, trying to get brands you work with to be more sustainable in their practices via our programs. And, you know, we've developed CSR components to our own agency. But I think right now, like I read a great article the other day, and basically it was all about the great pause that we're having right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. the great pause, like the renaissance. That's what we've been calling it. The no. COVID renaissance, yeah. you know, and we have a great opportunity before this happened. We were at a very critical moment with the environment. And with, you know, our political structure right now, things are just not great. And COVID is, you know, obviously the worst thing right now, but we have a lot of issues going into COVID. And so we're trying to figure out, you know, what can we do as good corporate Mm citizens to improve our own internal practices? And then once we feel comfortable saying we're walking the walk now, how do we then, you know, I'm never going to be a politician, but I'm a marketer. And a marketing has a huge influence on, you know, the general public. So how can we use our voice as an agency to work with brands that have like minds to be better at coming out of this? And I think that that's uh, something that we've tried to focus on during this great pause is to take a mm-hmm. step back, reflect on how do we become a better agency, but how do we become better people? And it sounds super, you know, hoity-toity or, or no, you doesn't. know, like pie in the sky type of stuff, but it has to start somewhere. And I think that we're trying to use our you know, small pedestal to start promoting that that initiative and that's everything from you know our in-office recycling program to the office paper we buy is it's sustainable to suppliers we use for print mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and building physical assets to how do we dispose of those after a program to you know what is the brand doing for a regional cause or how are they promoting you know positivity in some way mm-hmm. it really is just you have to walk the walk before you can talk the talk. And I think that's what we're using right now is the time to try and button up how we how we are good corporate citizens. We created actually, a, I think I sent this through to you guys, a stayhomeandlisten.ca uh, initiative here in yes. Canada.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about that. What you're saying is reflective of a sentiment that keeps coming up in this show. We need to really look at ourselves. And if the world's regenerating, we need to regenerate. We need to fix ourselves, so we can come back as better people Start started 100 again, and try and go forward with that kind of mentality. So it's great that you are saying that because it, it's been echoed. So it's not that hoity toity mm. or that that uh, altruistic. Mm-hmm.
1: We're the leaders, you know, yeah. your clients come to you to tell, you know, because you're the expert in what you do. So this is how your your recommendations or you're the leader saying this is what you should be doing. And that to take that initiative is amazing.
0: To add to that, your initiative, stayathomeandlisten.ca, I want to hear some more about that.
2: Yeah, so just, I think, you know, one of the big points of differentiation that we boast as an agency is our uh, affiliation with the music industry, our relationships with artists and managers and agents and promoters. We wanted to do something for the music industry, which is a big part of our business model. So when brands come to us, you know, our point of differentiation is we can get you the right band for a good price and they'll chip in some great artist experiences as part of it because we know their managers or we know them personally. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're putting, you know, money into artists' pockets. And that is everything from the bands that are making 3,000 a gig. That's important money to them to bands that are making $500,000 a gig, and that's just part of their cycle. Basically, what we wanted to do was stay home and listen was what we read, There's a report about fans trying to help out musicians by listening to their uh, streams more. And they figured that by listening more, they would put money in their band's pockets, right? But the reality of that is that's fractions of a cent, and it's paid out quarterly, and people needed money now. There's a ton of great bands in Toronto, as I'm sure there is in LA, as I'm sure there is in you know New York and all over the place uh-huh. that are just, they're gigs. They're, they're in a gig economy and they make their money at live shows and the door sales and the merch sales. Uh-huh. So we created sort of this aggregate website with all of these great Canadian bands. Uh, and actually it's expanded beyond Canadian bands at this point. Uh, it links to all of their Bandcamp websites, which is, uh, returns the greatest amount of money to the artist directly right in mm-hmm. the moment. And so you buy their, oh, wow. their vinyls. And it, so say the vinyl is 20 bucks. I think Bandcamp mm-hmm. takes like 5%. They did, uh, for the month of March, they took nothing, Bandcamp, mm-hmm. but I think it's now 5%. And then the rest goes directly into the artist's PayPal account. And, That's fantastic. And so the best way you can help your favorite artists is to go buy a vinyl and go buy a t-shirt and go buy mm. a whatever online. You get something tangible out of it and it goes yeah. directly to them uh, and the largest amount of money. So what we wanted to do was just create this hub that was easily disseminated, easily promoted that would drive fans to one easy uh, one-stop mm. shop to help their favorite artists. And now we've actually started to include links to streams uh, across Canada. So you can go watch your favorite artists as well, too. So yeah, we've had some great support from local labels, indie labels in mm-hmm. Toronto, that have submitted their artists. We're actually in the process of getting artists to film quick small little promotional videos on their phone mm-hmm. that they're going to, mm-hmm. to send uh, to promote mm-hmm. to, uh, stayhomeandlisten.ca. So I think what we did was we understood, you know, where our place was. Uh, we're not going to be making masks for, you know, the frontline workers. Right. We're not going to be doing, you know, converting our distillery to hand sanitizer. But what we do do is, we, you know, we want to help artists. And that's kind yeah, of this is right. the way we wanted to go about well, doing that.
1: There's no measure of help. I think everybody needs so much help exactly. right now that however we can help them is better than not helping them. Your platform is yes. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and even the simple thing of promoting staying at home. I think a lot of right. people... So we're out and, you know, we need to flatten the curve and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can say, hey, hey the artists Stage. are doing it, it's cool to stay home. Uh, you know, <laughs> and hopefully that also promotes a very strong message. <laughs>
1: exactly. For those van drivers who strictly go to, from states away, go to Bonnaroo, or the security people or the locals who work each venue, or do you have any advice for the event production community that you could share?
2: Like everyone's doing right now, it's just all about kind of rethinking your ink, starting to really reinvent or rein, re-innovate, I guess, what you do. And I think what we learned about you know this whole process was we're so reliant on this one form of revenue, this one form of expertise. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, it's all about, you know, it's cliche to say, but diversifying your portfolio. You need to think outside what it is you do as your core business right. so that you come out of this better off. For a, a tangible example of what we're doing, we didn't do too much in the social space. We don't pretend to be a social media agency. We really are about right. the experience and building mm-hmm. those immersive experiences. But social media is such a large part of those XM experiences. So how do we mm-hmm. become experts, not to say we're, we're you know a social or digital agency, but how do we at least get to a level of expertise where we can at least offer that as an additional offering to Mm -hmm. supplement your experience. Mm -hmm. And so now Mm -hmm. we've gone deep on, you know, uh, taking online classes and creating faux campaigns to let's see, let's see if we can do it first and then let's start to sell that expertise to our clients. So I think Mm -hmm. if anything, this has really provided an opportunity for you to, I watched this great kind of promotional uh, video the other day, this guy, Simon Sinek, and uh, he was just talking about how do you reimagine your business not for 6 months a year 10 years but forever how do you how are you going to continue to mm-hmm. be a business because the times are changing exponentially now and if it's not you know if it's not a a, a virus like this is it another environmental issue is it mm-hmm. what is the next thing that we need to be well insulated for to ensure that we survive the next thing and so i think okay. it's just getting people to break out of sort of this kind of complacency and really start to uh envision how they can A be a better person as we talked about, but B kind of bring different elements into their business model.
0: Nice. We want to thank you for spending time with us today. But before we go, I just want to ask you on a personal level, mm. what are you looking forward to once this is all kind of over? I mean it can be as simple as like, you know, visiting your favorite bar or world peace. I don't know. <laughs> what 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 Ooh, do you miss? And what are you looking <laughs> forward to having back in your
2: life? Yeah, I would say Again, Toronto, you know, is a great music city. We have a ton of dingy clubs here with uh, great artists (laughs) coming through all the time. Uh, I'm just looking to go to, you know, 150 cap show and just kind of have a few beers with friends and watch a really great show with another 150, you know, passionate fans. Again, that's my real passion. That's what, you know, moves me. And uh, I've been watching streams. I've been listening to a ton of vinyl. I've been playing a lot of music myself, but there's something about, and yeah, as we all know, we're in events, that collective group experiencing something yeah. together yep. that is mm-hmm. cathartic and transcend, transcending and that sort of thing. So I think that's what I'm most missing and most looking forward to once uh, this whole thing blows over.
0: Yes. Good.
2: Yeah.
0: Us too. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll be back up in Toronto and we can grab a beer and see a band or something at some point. Would love that. Dive here the better. Would love that. <laughs> yeah. and dive here the
1: better. Of course. Of course, after course my it. own heart <laughs> so, Yep. Yeah. So, all right,
2: Tyler. Well, thank, thank you so
1: much. It was lovely chatting with you. This was amazing. Yeah, thank yeah. you so
2: much guys and uh mm. keep fighting the good fight. This is really great. I, lo- yeah. I love the I love the idea. Uh, I listened to some of the podcasts before. The guests were great. So, I uh, wish you all the success in the world. Thank you. Thank until you. we meet again.
0: Thank you, Tyler.
1: He's doing such good work. There's it a is. huge amount of drive and determination mixed in with, you know, some flannel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, so
1: Canada. And, I loved it. And,
0: pa- and passion for music and musical artists. And
1: helping others. And
0: helping others. And I think that yeah. their initiative, stayhomeandlisten.ca, everybody check it out. Support mm-hmm. local artists. It's so, I know you hear it all the time, but my God, it's so much more important now than ever because artists now they don't make money on album sales or listens they make money touring they make money from live shows and that Mm -hmm. seems to be not an option for a considerable amount of time Uh, so now now we do need to stream their songs but more importantly buy their records buy their merchandise and support your your local artists so they can buy their groceries pay their rent get through this and get back just like all of us get back to normal.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, and uh, he said something that really kind of sums up my feeling entirely is of what we're doing is he said that uh, it's as if we're building the plane as we're flying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It just hits so home.
0: But uh, he's right. A company like his that deals in live events and immersive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't sit back and just wait for this to blow over because this is a this impacts that industry in a much deeper way than a lot of other industries. Like I could see a future where we're filming by September, right? I do.
1: I think that, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't
0: see going to a concert or a festival anytime Mm -hmm. this year.
1: No, I I agree with that. I don't, like he said, people's personal comfort level.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Too? I just don't know until, (laughs) reoccurring theme, until there's testing. And we all know what we that's have or we don't testing. have or something. Yeah. I just don't know that I would feel comfortable in a room with a hundred people right now. Yeah. yeah. So working by September, August, September, sure.
0: Yeah. But going to shows, festivals, concerts. Nah. Not, no. No, that's for putting while. yeah. Not for so a while. So thanks to Tyler Owens from Front Row Center Marketing and their initiative. Everyone check it out. Stay at and support your local artists, your favorite artists there. Otherwise, I think that's it for today, right?
1: I think that's it for today. The show is edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey.
0: Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels.
1: And our unused, amazing music was composed <laughs> by Kyle Pachia.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening. We're back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, stay active, and please stay home.
1: Stay the fuck home.
0: Yes. Thanks.
1: (laughs) Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. You guys know my little face touchers out there. You know who you are. And if you leave the house, wear a mask. It's no joke. Pretend you have it if you have to leave the house.
0: Exactly. And send us your stories. We want to hear your stories and share them. It all helps us feel a little more connected during this strange time. You can send us a voice recording or an email to producershappyhour at gmail.com.
1: Lawrence. How yes. can people reach you if they want you?
0: They can find all my contact information on my two websites, laurencetlewis.com or for voiceoverwork, voiceoflawrence.com. And Christian, what about you?
1: sisterchristianproduces.com. All right. Thank you, everyone.
0: Bye.